2: The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Regulators. You regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good too. But you can't be any geek off the street. You gotta be handy with the steal if you know what I mean, earn you keep. Regulators! up. it was a clear black.
0: It is instant reaction time here on no. Ball In Ball Out the official Lakers podcast of HoopBall, Hoop-Ball.com. Whoop, What? what? Yup, that's right. You heard him. That's Eli Bauman. We got Dr. Noble, who's been infected, perhaps by one of the patients he's been seeing, in his triumphant return to the podcast. We thought his problem was a combo jack. I don't think that's what it turned out to be.
1: Uh, And I'm Dan Baspers. Eric, welcome back. I'm back, guys. I got things to say. I have a a combo jack. It's (laughs) non-functional. But somehow, my brother helped me jerry-rig this, so now I can actually have a voice on this. Combo Jagoff. Jared Noble coming in
0: strong, getting uh, Eric's
1: set up. Where, where are you, Eric? Are you at your brother's place? Yeah. <laughs> Trailer in the Palisades. Nice. Lighting That's right, up. baby. Outstanding. Space, space 30, dog.
0: You know what's great? None of us are on fire, which is really a plus
1: oh. for this pod. Yeah, I guess
0: maybe we should take a second to talk about the fact that there have been what seven fires in Southern California now with the San Diego ones tonight? Good lord! Uh, yeah, the whole state is on fire. And you know who else is on fire, guys? Brandon Ingram. Nice segue. Great transition. Beautiful, Perfect. beautiful segue. Eli, you wanna... know what else was great transition? Lonzo Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Eli, you want to take us into the ball game? Instant reaction, Lakers Sixers. I mean, I'm still kind of reeling. First of all, I freaked out my dog so bad screaming at the top of my lungs when Ingram hit that buzzer beater that he flew, like, four feet into the air off the couch.
1: Um, Guys, I'm, I'm on cloud nine. Yeah, I'm just... Cloud nine, baby. I, I can't even remember a game winner of recent memory where I just freaked out like that. It was, it was fantastic. It reminded me of the ice. The
0: ice in my veins D'Angelo shot was the closest thing I remember, but even then I didn't care as much.
1: No, no, absolutely not.
0: There were no, there was no hope then. Even even nah. when we won, it was like, well, all right, we still have to wake up tomorrow. <laughs> I and think you got to go back to the Mamba. Yeah, that was the last time it felt like it mattered. And I don't know what yeah. this one doesn't really matter. Although I guess you guys do still have this running bet on whether the Lakers are going to make the postseason. Eli, <laughs> we got to win in December. That's right, baby. I think we're going to make it two for two. I think Charlotte's. I think we got Charlotte on the ropes. Oh well, we'll get to that one in a minute. I'm sure we all have some thoughts on d12
1: the only man in the charlotte I, front court I, I also have some thoughts on this bet <laughs> I'm, I'm excited that you brought that up dan yeah Ooh, all right, right, well, right. why don't right. we why don't we start with that we'll uh, we'll Eli- get into the box score on this one uh, lakers <laughs> beat the sixers by the way
0: 107 104 uh eric you haven't been on the pod in a little bit you've had technical difficulties
1: illnesses so forth uh but I've been I've been listening in, and I've I've been hearing Eli sort of trying to duck out of this bet. That yeah, he's he,
0: what? He's been he's been <laughs> yeah. trying to minimize that yeah, bad boy. I, I
1: don't know about that. It's really reminiscent of I think it was maybe two thousand four. This, this is a great history in, the, in Eli Bauman I think lore. I know where you're going. You you definitely know where I'm going, but I was on so, the opposite end, right? Exactly. This is why karma comes back. <laughs> Eli, in circa 2004, our, our our mutual friend Nick has this really hilarious character friend named Johnny Salas. Uh this dude. So we were at my parents' house. It was like 2 a.m. Does it your parents' house? Yeah, yeah. We we're in. Okay. We we're in my parents' house. Somehow the topic of Don Johnson comes That's right. Up. That's right, Eric. <laughs> and Johnny Solace insists that Don Johnson is worth a billion dollars. <laughs> the most what? ludicrous thing I've ever heard. That's a bad, that's Eli's, a bad yeah, premise. Eli's like, that's absurd. No way that's happening. And then somehow it turned into a bet. And Eli said, all right, if you lose, you got to cut off your hair. Johnny Solace is like, he was. He's lost quite a bit of weight since then, but he was like this 300 pound gentleman with this beautiful locks of blonde hair. Yeah, he had like a <laughs> ponytail, basically. Yeah, and Eli is like, all right, if Don Johnson's not worth a billion dollars, <laughs> you have to cut off your hair. I and have like, never, to this, to this day, I have
0: never been more confident about a bet in my entire life.
1: <laughs> As you should have been. He was betting that Don Johnson was worth a billion dollars.
0: Yeah. Yeah, with a billion. You're saying was, billion you're, with
1: a B, right? B as a boy. B. He thought he he thought Don Johnson was a billionaire. Yeah. Wow, a billionaire. What was your what was your end of the bet if you had lost? I forget. I, that don't, part I of the story.
0: I don't, could have literally wagered anything. It yeah. doesn't matter. I could have. I, I could have wagered to shoot myself in the face. <laughs> I could have wagered to become his sex slave
1: for the, my rest of my life. It would not have mattered yeah. because you're, I was not going to lose. Anyhow. Yeah, to cut 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 a long story short. Well, this is in this is like pre Google when you could like answer questions in the matter of like seconds, and but later on, like maybe the next day, someone like took out an encyclopedia and looked this up <laughs> and, and figured out that Don Johnson's not worth a billion dollars. No, he was worth th- like eight million dollars. <laughs> He's on his way. That, and Eli was like insisting that Johnny Solace get his hair cut, and. He was at he Johnny swelched. was not having out of it. He yeah, swelched. Yeah. Oh, <laughs>
0: yeah. brutal, brutal! And so
1: Eli could not uh, make good on. Uh, well, yeah, Johnny could not make good on the bet, and uh, Eli has been reeling since. And now <laughs> the tables have turned. Thirteen years wow. later, two thousand four. So that would have made all of us like what juniors
0: in college, undergrad. Yeah, I think we ridiculous. may have been even younger than that, but probably. Okay, well, so here's the, here's the deal, Eric. I'm not going to squelch on the bet. We have not solidified the terms of the bet. Oh, yes. this this is an opportunity for Eli to minimize the terms slightly. That's all that's happening here. <laughs> no, look, I'm going to keep some skin in the game. I'm gonna I'm gonna still ride or die with my team. But am I feeling confident about my bet?
1: No. Was it made in the throes of passion? Yes. <laughs> Do I respect that bet? Yes. Do I want to exact as much pain as possible from this bet? Yes. All right,
0: well, you, okay, you, you, let's talk. We'll negotiate, and on Sunday, okay. we'll unveil the terms. Oh, outstanding. All right. On Sunday, it's called at a tease. Sunday the- at Casa Bespris, you guys will all find out what the actual bet was. I'm excited. Yeah, let's get actually. a couple of beers in us. Oh, that's, well, that's without question. I have, I'm going to get my lawyer on the phone. I have copious amounts um, of leftover beer from a one year old birthday party. Get those kids drunk, and they just <laughs> didn't drink, they didn't have nearly as much as I thought they would. Uh, so I need you guys to work on that stuff. Um, I'm sure we'll take care of it. So 107-104, Lakers get revenge on the Philadelphia 76ers, despite the fact that Joel Embiid is still an absolute superhuman freak of nature. Hell of a game. Eric predicted it via text message. We have a timestamp on that bad boy. He actually asked Eli to put $22 on it. I assume that's Thank what God. he meant, 22 to win 20 Uh And Eli may have... Did you, did you miss the window to squeeze in that Bovada bet or whatever you were looking at? I missed the window, guys. Oh, man. Ooh.
1: Soul-crushing for poor Dr. Noble. Suffering I'm from Valley Ark. Fever. i two for two with these bets. That's true. You know, that's true. This was one of these funny games where, you know, it seemed like we were ahead the whole game. The whole game. And, like, in, in any other context, you would have felt like, oh, we're, we're, we're destined to lose this game. But the whole time, I was like, no, we're winning. I just had that feeling.
0: I and agree yeah
1: I, I want to give my
0: ball in award. oh by the way at Dan vespers at Eli Bauman at Hootball Lakers please follow Hootball Lakers that's gonna be your source again our buddy Adam gang writing the pre and post game reports on the Lakers games you can okay. check those out at Hootball Lakers as well uh my ball in is Luke Walton for this one because yeah, this is the best break, game best game break it easily, down to easily best game as a coach uh strategically he handled himself a lot better he did the things that we got on him for not doing in previous games. He didn't call a timeout before that final play. He brought yes, guys off the bench in the fourth quarter that, yes, had some, that had some energy in the tank. All the little things that we've lamented where this team running on fumes. He got Julius Randle in there at the end of the game instead of playing the last 15 minutes in a row. He got Brook Lopez in and then back out again when he was ineffective. He tried right. a few things and he found the combination that worked. Uh, and I got to give Randall credit. I pick on him a lot. He he played hard in this game. He was fighting with Embiid, and they were trash talking. It was sweet. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, uh, I loved it. So I I'm, loved I'm it. giving Luke Walton my ball in. I thought he coached a I hell
1: of a game. It. Did you? He, did was, you guys read the ESPN article? Eric, about I Luke? hate
0: you. I was about to say the same thing.
1: You I son of a bitch. I did you not actually. Squirrely
0: little dog. Go
1: ahead, Eric. No, no, no. You go. You go. I mean, basically, it was saying like how he's had just, you know, three mentors that are just top of the top in terms of you know his dad Bill Walton, Phil Jackson, and Steve Kerr, and how that combination is just is going to turn him into a, a great coach in the future.
0: Yeah, and I thought one thing that was interesting about the way he coached this game is it felt like he went was a little bit more uh, Steve Kerr than Phil Jackson on this one. Where he was kind of making a l- more adjustments, a little bit less, kind of like let them play through everything, and I think that that was probably what the doctor ordered for this for this particular circumstance. You kind of have to, don't you? I mean, you, when you've got a whole bunch of young guys, you have to tweak things a little bit. Phil Jackson could get away with that crap because his team had a his starting five had a combined age generally of 150 years or greater. I mean, you can let you can let Gary Payton and Carl Malone and Ron Harper and those guys, they don't need a timeout call. They're, they're, they've been doing this a little bit. Eli? Well, yeah, and I think, like, it's one thing to let guys kind of play through it cause, and be like, oh, well, they're going to figure it out. But if the thing that you're figuring out is that Julius Randle is six seven and Joel Embiid is seven two, and that's not going to change, it doesn't really serve much of a purpose. Like, eventually, you have to kind of coach the game. I thought Bogut playing, even though he mostly just fouled dudes, <laughs> what was like actually incredibly useful just to kind of body and beat up. I thought I thought Embiid lost a little steam at the end of that game. I'm I'm curious if if you guys felt that way too. There were a couple plays at the end where I thought Julius kind of poked the ball away from him, and I think part of that might have been because instead of just being able to bully smaller dudes around the whole game, he actually got to get a couple Bogut elbows.
1: Well yeah, also there was that fantastic Bogut Australian semi-flop. <laughs> oh, it was a super yeah. flop. <laughs> Semi or super? Super flop. As a super fantastic. flop. Fantastic. Down it,
0: under flop. That flop went the opposite direction down the toilet. You know what some of it really was for the 76ers? It, it takes a lot of energy to come back in a basketball game. And that was something that that's been a Lakers problem a lot this year is falling behind by 10 15 points you blow all your energy trying to get back into a game and the last two or three minutes there's not a whole lot left and I mean yes some of that is you know Bogut and uh and Lopez and Randall and Nance and a bunch of bodies just sort of hitting Embiid for 36 minutes but when you fall behind and you got to expend extra energy to get back into the ball game you're not going to have a whole lot left the last minute or two
1: yep. You're absolutely right. And I think there, you know, to, to come back from a ball game, you have to just have some breaks go your way. And in this game, there were several, like, critical moments where the momentum was on Philly's side and the ball or, you know, just bounced. Things broke our way. I'm thinking yeah. about specifically the, the end of the third quarter. They were on a significant run. And then the last two plays, I think Cantavius stole it from Ben Simmons went down, had the three-point play, and then Bogut had that ridiculous put-back play. Um, that was to end the third quarter. And then there were just several times in the fourth quarter that things broke our way as well.
0: You're totally right, because that seemed like one of those moments where it was going to be like a four-point game, and I think it went back to like eight or something. And yeah. it's like we've been on the other, as Dan was saying, it's like we've been on the other end of those games all year where it's like the, the you can't get over the hump games. And then you and then you tie it and then remember that Denver game we got like smoked at the end. And it's just like it, it is a weird it, it is weird how sometimes it's just like you get these kind of strange bounces. I will say that the team that usually gets those bounces are the teams the team that kind of has more energy and I did feel like we like out rebounded them. They're the top the best rebounding team in the league, I think. And we like smoked them on the boards at least for most of that game I don't know what the final stats are Lonzo, <laughs> dead, and Larry not good at this but. a dead heat 44 44. Well, guys. screw screw them uh that's <laughs> that's incorrect fake news no but I mean uh, listen like, we here here's here's your stat forget rebounds loose balls Lakers thir- 13 steals Philly three Lakers Dude. 11 turnovers Philly 18. Philly really committed more fouls than the Lakers did, although the free throw number was was relatively close. Lakers outshot the seventy sixers ninety six to eighty one. Just more opportunities, more energy, more hustle. And the simple fact is if you're going up against a great rebounding team and you tie them
1: in that department, effectively, that's a win for you in that category. so i want to I want to dissect this a little bit, Eli. you've you've brought this up that you know, in the first two minutes, you can tell whether Lonzo has it or not, yeah. He's bringing energy, or he's not. He's confident, or he's not. How do you How do you break that down? How do you make sense of that?
0: To me, it's To me, it's always about. You can tell if he's like I. I I think I said it on an earlier pod. It's like there's vertical Lonzo and horizontal Lonzo, and like if he's vertical Lonzo, if he's actually looking to turn the corner and get in the paint, I know that not only is our offense going to be better, but he's going to be blocking shots and playing a defense. He's going to be rebounding. You can tell immediately if he's actually trying to go around guys, and but I don't do know you,
1: if that's just about the defender. What do like you if he he's goes yeah. into like pre-game whether he gets into that mentality or not? Because it just seems so variable from game to game. I have no idea. I think part of it is that Jared Bayless and T.J. McConnell
0: don't scare him. I think honestly, he's I've not noticed that he's for, better on for, the. Does not scare him. What's
1: that? TJ McConnell's supercut doesn't scare him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he's definitely got one of those those things that you know you walk by and it's outside the the hair salon on the front, or like they give you the magazine of the haircuts you can get. Yeah, exactly. I have You're a like, weird uh, Dennis. <laughs> I want the DJ. I have a weird uh, pair of stats for you guys to to check out on Lonzo Ball, and I'd love to get your thoughts uh, on each of them. Eric, I'm coming to you first with this one, or I just want your thoughts first. Yeah. Lonzo home versus road. You guys probably know exactly what I'm about to say. Lonzo ball, staple center numbers, 7.2 points, seven rebounds, seven assists, uh, shooting 27% from the field. Lonzo road numbers, 10.6 points, shooting 36% from the field. He's making a full three pointer more on the road. 35% from downtown on the road, 17% from downtown at Staples Center. The other stuff is actually fairly similar. Seven rebounds, seven assists, uh, like a half a steal more on the road than home. Is there anything to that home road split for ball? Because it seems like we
1: get good Lonzo when we got to watch him on TV. I, lo- I love that, that 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 was brought up. I should probably be able to break this down psychologically because that's my profession, but I'm not <laughs> going to be able to. But here here's my rough take i mean lonzo always plays best when he's coming back from a performance Mm, yeah you know like and and a lot of so the and the first game of the season was at home and it was a performance but he always plays well when he has like a chip on his shoulder that like he hasn't played well and then he comes back and has something to prove um i don't know how much more to make of it with their home and road stuff though. You think but it'll I think le- there's some, some there's some relation to that. You think it'll level off as the season progresses? I mean I mean I think you you have a little bit more something to prove and you have a little bit more chip on your shoulder when you're playing on the road. You think he likes to be the villain, Eli?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I think I'm going to I'm going to take a, a armchair psychologist uh deep dive on this that <laughs> I think there's there's a difference between kind of wanting to prove something and fearing that you're going to disappoint people. Hmm. And I think maybe when he's on the road, he knows he's going to get booed. He knows that it's a hostile environment, you know, and especially coming off of a bad game or a loss. He he really is out to prove something. He's in like new vertical mode. You're talking about
1: inspiration versus desperation.
0: Thank you, Eric. This is this is why this works, guys. This is why this <laughs> this is why this is the twenty sixth most listened to Lakers podcast. Um, but at home, I and and maybe I'm going to go full Freud, guys. Ready for this? Maybe because he has such a crazy overweening father that there is like uh, there's kind of an element when he's at home. It's like this is his like family is watching, and that kind of makes him nervous or something or a little bit less aggressive. He's kind of like afraid to make mistakes. And that's when he kind of yo-yos back and forth. And maybe when he's on the road, he's like, screw it, man. I'm like, I'm gone for the week. You know, like I'm out of, I'm out of town. Like, let's live it up. And he's,
1: he's a (laughs) little bit more aggressive. He's like a freshman girl at SDSU. That's right, baby. Stella, Stella got his groove back. You know what I mean? Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go less youngian on this one, and a little okay, bit baby. more more pedestrian. I I think that he's well. He's a rookie, and rookies are notoriously inconsistent. And I think that's part of the process of becoming a pro. Like. When I play pickup games like there are some games where I just like feel it and some games that I don't and I think that's what like Lonzo has had this year is just like sometimes he has it sometimes he doesn't and the process of becoming a pro is like on those nights where you don't feel it like you figure out how to make yourself feel it and yeah. when you're not playing well you figure out a way to play yourself into the game.
0: And that's a, such a good point too because I feel like I was thinking a lot today about Brandon Ingram and Lonzo and kind of that those guys are going to define the future of the Lakers for the next decade. And I think like, I have so much hope for Lonzo just watching Brandon because if you think about it, like Brandon was lost last year. I mean way more lost than, than Lonzo is now. And it's like in one year, he now looks completely like a different player, like a different person. He's so confident. He's in control. I just saw that, uh, Larry Nance Jr., who I will not call Jr. because that's not his nickname, <laughs> said that said that Brandon Ingram literally called game when he shot the shot. Outstanding. Oh, man. Dan, is, can, you, can you break down that last play for us? Oh, I, I wish I could remember exactly what happened. There was like two sequences where I thought the Lakers were going to take the shot, and ultimately they took it at the perfect time. That's Lonzo again, though, right? Because he got that's it right. back— he drove. He realized he had about three seconds on the clock, and he had his guy open. So uh, Lakers played good defense, forced Embiid into a miss, got the rebound and pushed it. Lonzo into the front court, gave it up, got it back, gave it up again, and then Ingram, Ingram stepping into the three pointer. <laughs> I, I have to be honest. I I thought it was. I thought it looked long out of his hand, but <laughs> that thing was pure oh, and it was if, perfect.
1: And that's true. If that's true that he called game, that's the greatest thing I've heard in relation to a game that was already really awesome. Well, there are two things that I love in particular about that. It, yeah, if he called game... So the th- one thing that I love is that the a, a possession or two possessions before, he had taken that, like, 16-footer and completely missed the yeah, rim. Correct wh- Wide brick. No brick.
0: Yeah, Scott Norwood.
1: He was just amped up. He was, like, nervous that he shot it way too long. Yeah. He dialed um, it back. That's a nice mid-game adjustment. Took him 40 yeah. seconds. And for him to come back after a miss like that, where you don't even hit iron, and then say a game and knock down the game-winning three-pointer, oh, that's beautiful.
0: He's badass. He's all grown up, guys. I gotta find. all grown up. I gotta find the uh, the the Jordan Clarkson quote about that last shot. Also, I'm gonna I'm gonna look this thing up. It's it's amazing. It's it's riddled with swear words. So I'm gonna get the censor button ready to go. But I'm going to read it almost almost verbatim. I don't want to actually have to do that much work. I'm gonna, I'm going to find this thing. But isn't it kind of amazing that this. we've talked about Lonzo this whole time and we haven't talked about the fact that Brandon Ingram hit an unbelievable game winner. Uh Ingram looks awesome these days. Like night in and night out. I know he only shot 7 for 21. He looks good almost every night right now. Yeah, I don't even care about I don't even care about his shooting percentage or anything. It's like all of these guys just have to be measured by confidence, how how sure of themselves, how much they're kind of in the flow of the game, how much they're like helping their teammates out. I mean, not to go back to this last play, but it just had everything that gives it's me the, hope about this it's team. It's the image of the future Lakers. Exactly. Because Lonzo gets that rebound, right? They play good defense. They play good help defense on Joel Embiid. Lonzo gets the rebound. He sprints up the court. Luke doesn't call timeout. Luke lets them figure this out. He knows that this is the best move. He then passes to Ingram who's, like, kind of open, but then they come out to guard Ingram. Ingram passes it back to Lonzo, which I thought was cool, considering that, like, Ingram is definitely our best closer and Lonzo had just bricked a three. And then Lonzo drives, makes that pass back to... It was just, like, unselfishness and confidence in people's abilities. It just, like, made me really optimistic. I found, the, I found the tweet, or I found the quote, which was contained within a tweet. Would you guys... I'm going to... Hit us! I'm gonna yeah, have to try outside. to clean. I'm gonna have to try to clean this up as best I can. Anytime that there's an S word, I'm going to replace that with what? What would you, you need guys? Shit? <laughs> yeah. you. God damn it! I have to do so much work. <laughs> what? Well, well, pick a word. What would you like me to replace it with? This could actually be fun. It's like Lakers quote Mad Libs. Your your replace uh, slime. Okay. Uh, F bombs. What should I replace those with? Fart. Okay. Slime. That mother farter was wide open. He better he better shoot that mother farter. If you ain't shoot that slime, I might have slapped them worms off your mother farting head. <laughs> worms? Oh, I see his hair. <laughs> so that's Jordan Clarkson. Uh, I think it looked post-game. more like gnocchi. <laughs> that's, that's classy. Who doesn't, who doesn't like a little like gnocchi? Like a good potato gnocchi. A little potato gnocchi. <laughs> so that was uh, Jordan Clarkson at, on uh, Ingram's That's fantastic. game winner. Uh, also, Brandon Ingram turned 20 in September, guys. 20. Oh. Unreal. Fantastic. 20. Cannot September legally 10th? drink.
1: You guys share a beer thing? Do we? I
0: don't know. Hmm. I it, it up. You know who wasn't great in this game, unfortunately? Kuz, my yeah. boy. Yeah. Kuzma. Imaginary. It, Basically didn't play. Is he uh? Is he just getting a little gassed here? It's it's not easy to be a, think, a rook. I think I think he must like not understand like the defensive rotations or something. I think there there must be stuff that I'm not looking at exactly because, you know, like Luke seems to be a little bit like they seem to be kind of slowing him down a little bit, which makes me feel like there must be stuff in practice or mm-hmm. defensive rotations that he's not quite doing. Yeah, it. I mean, Larry Nance looks like he's sort of better suited well I mean I bet we see some more coups in a game that's a little more uh, where they need defense a little less I know that's a weird thing yeah, to say but I think like, that's against, right against this Philly team they desperately needed guys in there that could rebound and challenge and heaven help someone with Rashawn Holmes who was just on a dunk fist. Dude, that guy crushed us uh they were without Dario Scharch but you certainly wouldn't have known it Rashawn Holmes yeah, was ready sure to go is. Ben Simmons had a triple-double maybe his quietest triple-double
1: of his young career
0: yeah, he was better in the first game against us.
1: Yeah, he didn't seem like he affected the game all that much. Lonzo no, seemed I agree. Like he, it was weird. He he outplayed him. That's what so he, I was, Yeah, even though there was a triple double.
0: <laughs> Eric, I had the same thought. I had written down on my little sheet like, uh, uh, Simmons better stats than Lonzo, but Lonzo better game than Simmons. I didn't really, I didn't feel Sim- Simmons's imprint on that game like I did in the first game.
1: I agree. At the at the end of the day, I think, you know, the story is always the same for us. We limited turnovers this game and we play just really active defense. Yeah. And our totally. active defense turns into fast breaks and easy points. Our our half court offense is just anemic. It's yes, so bad. It's pretty bad. It, other than Ingram. Hey guys, you know what? We we still suck. Terribly at free
0: throw shooting. Is it free, free throw throws? shooting? What the hell is it? <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it free throws? I'm gonna guess. We're the free worst. Throws. Yeah, uh, Ingram it's, it's five really for ridiculous. 10. It's really bad. Uh, there was one, two, two guys on the team that shot better than 50% at the foul line in this game. Uh, Brick Lopez two for two, and Julius Randle two for three. Uh, Larry Nance one for two, KCP one for five. Yeah. One for five. Brandon Ingram, five out of ten. And uh, Andrew Bogut? No, Josh Hart, one for two. Yes, Josh Hart managed to chip in with Hart. some missed free throws. It's really. So, the problem is that so you, Eli, you need your, you need your so best you... guys
1: that can make them. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, since he, since you threw the, me this layup a few podcasts ago, where you wanted me to armchair analyze why we're horrible at free throws, I've been definitely paying more attention. At that time, I just looked like a deer in headlights. I had no idea what to, how to analyze it, but since I've been watching it more, um, I literally have still have nothing going to say. It's it's all right. All right. It, right. it, it seems no. Okay. It seems like it's definitely multifactorial. One is. None of our players use our legs shooting free throws. You're it's totally it's all, right. it's all arms. Uh, so yeah, that's they're like a,
0: they're like uh, the guy from Aventura who I used to see at the gym where every day was was uh, arms <laughs> and pecs. <laughs> never lads. Never, never. He wore jeans to the gym. That's how little he was even pretending like he was going to work his legs. Okay, sorry, Eric. Continue. <laughs>
1: Well, see, yeah, even when our players, like, bend their legs on the free throw, they bend them, and then they become very erect, and then they just shoot with their arms. Mm. Uh, you
0: know I'm a big erect uh, basketball player. Or, or absolutely. Athlete.
1: <laughs> Exciting. The second thing is, we're, we're just young, so it's hard for us to just, like, know how to regain focus in the middle of the game to just to hit a free throw and 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 the other thing is we're just like winded I think when you're when you're tired and when you're young you're not used to the the actual feel of the game and you can't hit a free throw but that still doesn't explain why like Kentavious can't hit a shot
0: yeah I mean he did get whacked on the head so I give him a, a slight pass on those two but yeah I don't I think all of those points are right I think none of our guys have like really like perfect shooting strokes or super repetitive shooting strokes the guy who's got to figure this out the most is ingram because he's literally getting the to the rim like other than lebron james i think he's second in like the league in like post like po- like points in the paint or drives in the paint so he's going to get hacked a ton and he's just got to figure this out
1: yeah so here's here's my treatment recommendation for this woe ooh the prescription mm. well, Do i like this the, pre- the the, the prescription I think they need to like start betting each other. They need to like start challenging each other on like who's going to be the best percentage. Jordan style. We need uh, exactly.
0: We need a little a little in uh, in podcast, uh, sound effect for Doctor Noble's prescription pad. Can we get can we get somebody to record? <laughs> yeah, just ripping the the little script yeah, like, off. That, we that need a lot of sound I effects. I think that's when we when we really get this outfit up and running that's we got to invest in some good sound effects i want like a conan o'brien level like somebody singing it too dr noble you get yeah that's good i want to play some like game show kind of things (laughs) and i you need like effects for that yeah i'll work i'll work on that we're gonna work on the budget can can we talk about julius real fast too because i don't want him to get lost in the shuffle because i think He's really been solid for us this whole season, but I think this game. Even though I, what's what are the stats, Dan? Do you have them? up I in do. front I do. Uh, Julius Randall, sixteen points, three boards, four assists, a steal, and a block on seven out of fifteen shooting, two for three at the foul line, a couple of turnovers, five fouls. But I, I agree with what you're about to say because I know what it's going to be, and I pick on him a lot. But he he played he played his ass off in this ball game. He you played his bother. ass off. I loved how I loved that he took the Embiid thing personally. Like, he was clearly pissed off how the last game went. Mm -hmm. And not like he was able to stop Embiid, but he was really taking that challenge on on the defensive end. And what I liked even more was on the offensive end, he went right at Embiid and made him uncomfortable. And I think people hate guarding Julius because he's apparently like the strongest dude in the league and i it probably sucks to get him ramming his head into you i was glad he didn't get a technical for standing over mb when he knocked him yeah i I love that i love that like i love pick and roll randall he was
1: really good on the pick and roll i love that you mentioned that pick and roll randall he's the second best in the whole nba Mm. behind Clint capella at finishing off pick and rolls oh look at that Advanced dr nobles dr nobles advanced stats we may need that also
0: I'm got to get sound effects going on this bad boy. Look at that! I love pick and roll, pick and roll Randall. So pick and roll, Randall, is definitely a thing. The, That's the, a thing, the, the man. Stats, That's ba- thing. The stats back it up. I feel like yeah, a, I man, heard I've... something about him being good uh, in the post. Also, is that is that right or wrong? I have no idea. No, oh. I mean it seems right. Yeah, I mean he's a good offensive player. I mean he's he's helpful on that end. The side that that has been biting him at times is mistakes on defense. And in this one. When it was just like, all right, dump it into MB, Julius, do your best. It wasn't like he could miss a rotation. It was just Julius on an island and late in the ballgame, he forced a turnover and he helped force a miss. That was huge. I'm yeah, giving I him the credit. It. All the credit that I've taken away from Julius, I give some back. I'm not going to be mean to him when he played well. That's not right. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, to me, that was... I. It it really all came back to to Luke for me. That's that's why I started with that one. So I'll bring it full circle, and that it got Julius back in when he needed to. He got him a breather when he needed to, and and uh, in a coin flip ball game against a good team on the road. Which, mind you, the Lakers finished this game as nine point underdog. So uh, not only did they win it outright, but they beat the spread by
1: twelve points. Uh, I'm sorry, I
0: didn't get that bet in on time, Eric. Please, right, that's okay. my bad. That's my, my bad.
1: I, I love what you texted, though. You said, I wish we could play these guys 10 more times. And I thought that was so accurate. Like, I think we're really well matched with this team. I think yeah. at the end of the day, in like a seven-game series, they'd beat us 4-3. They're they they're better than us. But I still think it's, like, just really exciting games. Yeah, great.
0: and I feel like they're kind of like our satellite team in the East. Yeah. And we're, like, young and hungry, and it's been a sad few years. It's been sadder for them, to be honest, but it's been a pretty bleak you know, 2012 to 17. Um, And I think it's exciting. I mean, I just, I I think like all of us here, like really love the NBA and love like young talent in the NBA and watching people improve. And like, just as an NBA fan, even taking the Lakers out of it, it's just like, it's a treat to watch this team play and compete. And I'm sure for Sixers fans, like they've got to be so pumped to watch that team play every night.
1: And I just love it. You mentioned Sixers fans; they just crack me up. They're yeah. so ridiculous in a very opposite way than Laker fans are ridiculous. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't going. even know how to explain it, but they're just absurd. They're so
0: salty. They're so salty all the time. But there's like a there's like an optimism in their saltiness that I like. Uh, yeah, it's more it's more evident in basketball than it is in baseball. The optimism is gone. The, they have no optimism in. the Yeah, Phillies. they threw batteries at Santa. Yeah, at, the, <laughs> Philly, at the, the Philly game, the Philadelphia Phillies fans. It's all it's all salt. So wait, are you saying that our game against the Charlotte Hornets is not going to be this exciting?
1: It is for me because we're <laughs> playing against Dwight Howard. I was using that as a nice little segue. That's on. I was going to uh, say,
0: can you guys? Are you guys ready for us to go up against our former coach Steve Clifford, our former assistant coach? Well, I I, though, wish I heard he good just good. took a leave of absence. Yeah, then. apparently he's sick, and they haven't revealed what what's going on yet so hopefully Get better steve yeah hopefully he's okay i have no idea who's coaching in his absence but i do know that it's dwight howard and wouldn't you just love to see julius randall brooke lopez andrew bogut give dwight howard a couple to the chops just a yeah few. but it's, re- it's rejuvenated dwight it's like caring dwight yeah <laughs> i think <laughs> dwight must be playing for a new contract because he's got like a few more kids it's just the so old he's man. trying, he's got he's got to build up a little new nest egg because he looks he looks rejuvenated. It's old man Dwight. He's old but man they're, Dwight they're,
1: now. They're not even in the playoff race. Playoff? Right I don't think so. No. They're 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 not top eight right now. No,
0: nah. I, I don't believe they're so. the most boring team. I mean, I'm sorry. I yeah. I, I like Kemba Walker. Like that guy's good. Every time I watch them, I'm like, oh, Kemba Walker. But I just don't care at all about that team. I haven't like cared about that team yeah. since like Alonzo Mourning was on that team. I liked him more last year, obviously before they had Dwight Howard. This, ugh. I like Jeremy Lamb. I like Nick Batum. I have no problem with Marvin Williams. I just yeah, no nobody has a problem with Marvin Williams. <laughs> he's he's, the, the, he's, he's like, the blandest player in like the entire Grandma NBA. Ma. <laughs> Larry Johnson, that's LJ. My boy. Yeah, yeah but they, LJ. I like action. that Michael Jordan always. I feel like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant also have another weird thing in common, which is they kind of liked. They always gravitated towards like kind of. On athletic white dudes (laughs) because like Jordan as a GM has drafted Frank Kaminsky I think both Zeller brothers or at least one Zeller is on that team yeah Adam Morrison Cody just blew out his knee I think he loved like Judd Bushler (laughs) you know like what is that what is what is it about those dudes that just like I don't know know who my favorite player is Rick Smith I think I
1: think it's racism
0: is it? But like, what kind of racism is that? It's like it's like
1: reverse reverse racism. Yeah, it's bizarro racism, it's, which it's... I guess is
0: just racism. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of like you know, like in high school, where like the kind of like queen bee high school girl like befriends like a really unattractive girl or whatever to like make her like feel even better about themselves. I feel like I've seen this kind of like that deal. I, but think I don't <laughs> get why you would do that as an owner. That seems like a wonderful script. Does, has this been done? Has this movie been done? <laughs> I don't know. hey, so so speaking of people with clearly like psychological defects, can we talk uh, quickly about Lavar ball's antics uh, today because oh goodness yes, we one can. is uh- one is he posted a, a gif or whatever, like an animation gif of him dunking on Donald Trump and Trump's like <laughs> head going into his nuts as he's hanging from the rim and then taunting Trump on the ground. That's a man who so really they he really can't go like two neither of them I guess can really go like two days without doing something that just no just has only to. one of them has nuclear codes is the problem yeah that's more for one I of think. them one of them has like children children and shoes and the other <laughs> has like the nuclear codes and like the reputation of our country but anyway I just like that Lavar Ball had that commissioned like had someone make that. Had to, like, pitch that idea to some animation studio. That's a big baller. Then had it made, then posted, and it is upwards of 40,000 retweets right oh now, Oh, my I
1: goodness. I also love that one of the slogans for his company is stay in yo lane, which is the opposite <laughs> of what LeVar Ball does.
0: Well, yeah, he means you stay in, stay in in yo lane. I'm going to go in whatever... Gonna, yeah, he's going to drive a Hummer diagonally across the highway. <laughs> exactly. He's going full auto. Hey, uh I have one reason for concern in this Charlotte game before we completely uh, and then we'll go full ball. Uh the <laughs> the Hornets are uh 8 and 6 at home and they're 1 and 10 on the road. Oof. Wait, 1 8 and 4, excuse me, 8 and 4 at home. I got that. I was off by. It. So they're actually pretty good in their in their spot. Uh, if we could get him at our place though, I think it'd be a, a pretty easy win. And despite their nine and fourteen record, they have like the seventh or eighth best point differential, so they play a lot of close games. Which I, I mean, you know, maybe that'll be more interesting, I guess. But yeah, uh LeVar Ball pulling his kids out of school also. That's also on the list of things LeVar Ball did this week. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? I, I have no I have no thoughts on it. That man. Although uh, the Lakers did institute the LeVar Ball rule. Which I ooh, do I get to do I get to break this news? No, I mean I saw it, but break it. Break uh it. so they've now disallowed media from hanging out in the players' friends and family area of the re, the arena. They can no yeah, longer I wonder why. I wonder why who that's aimed at. Lakers personnel have referred to it affectionately, of course, as the LeVar ball rule, but now they can't ask him dumb questions after every ball game. Perhaps we'll be reading about basketball again by some of these uh beat reports. We all know Brooke Lopez's mom is had enough time in the spotlight So I've got to stop interviewing that woman uh, Alright, well that's all I got You guys got anything else? Oh yeah, well also uh, LeVar Ball also took a picture Or Joel Embiid took a picture with Lebar, LeVar Ball After the game Which I thought was, was a lovely gesture They've had their their own little back and forth And I think they should be in a buddy cop movie together <laughs> So that's I'll, I'm gonna pitch some ideas for that buddy Who, cup film who's on
1: Sunday. Playing Kevin Hart, who's playing Ice T, or Ice Cube, sorry. Ice Cube,
0: D- or Dwayne, uh, is Dwayne the Rock Johnson in this perhaps? Yeah, well that's a that's a good question. I don't I don't know, guys. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna come up with some ideas for their movie. Yeah. Um, and I'll it. pitch them on Sunday. Is George Murison still alive? Could he play one of them? I he's the he evil, alive. He's the bad guy. Oh, yeah, okay. he's the bad guy.
1: He's like the bad like Serbian. He didn't pass away, right? He's still alive. No, I think he's still alive. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, and going back to your, your Charlotte game prediction, I, I do think, unfortunately, I would love for us to continue the momentum, but I think this might be a letdown game. Yeah,
0: it's got it written all I over. Know. There. Eric's been pretty good at this predicting business. He's one come for one. <laughs> yeah, you're batting a 1,000. He's coming in hot. No, well, you, you forgot
1: all the first 14 games when I was over
0: <laughs> for 14. Hey, man, the past is the past. Uh, yeah, uh, Lakers don't play again until Tuesday at Madison Square Garden, uh, yeah, Philly, and then New York, and in between the two is Charlotte, so yeah, Eric may have a point on the letdown thing, there's a possibility of that. They're gonna be in New York for three days between games? That's a bad sign. I don't know, I don't know that we're engineered that way, I feel like our team might be... Immune? Have we built up an immunity? Immune. I feel like they just play like 2K in their hotel rooms. They've, they're, they're desensitized. Like, hey man, let's go to F.A.O. Schwartz.
1: <laughs> they're desensitized to nightlife because Yo, they man, are in the big L.A.T. You see how big that bear is? <laughs> yeah. Which, you, uh, what uh, is their ideal three-day trip? You know how New York Times always has yeah. like, the three-day weekend. <laughs> yeah. we're know with the Lakers three-day, three-day they, stay with, in. Oh, man,
0: place. I had this great pizza. This place, Sparrow's. Let's get. Let's go to TGI Fridays, man.
1: They definitely go to Dallas barbecue. And yes. Get one oh of those my like- god,
0: they're definitely going to Dallas barbecue, Eric. That is the best call, <laughs> Eric's... They're predict- gonna get like the the the, 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 Daiquiri, the fluorescent drink. Yeah, with the with the one where you can pour in Bacardi, uh, like what was it, Bacardi like four fifty-one or whatever. I used to have that in college because we were too cheap to get like actual drinks. And that was a drink that was just like you had one and you were like faced on the ground.
1: Like covered like, in like wing sauce I, I prefer to think that they're gonna to go to like the cloisters and the, the High Line <laughs> walk and then The go MOMA. To go to the MOMA. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm, I'm no, actually on they're
1: that like
0: act. they're like, no the MOMA's too crowded. Let's go to the Guggenheim. Let's go to the Frick.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh man. Frick. That was uh, uh, that Let's
1: was see amazing. Death of a
0: Salesman. <laughs> That was ball in, ball out, ladies and gentlemen. I don't see any better way to go out than that. Uh, It's so good to have the doctor back. The doctor is back in the house with prescription pad.
1: (sighs) Yeah, baby. Uh, I like like that sound effect.
0: Yeah, it's going to have to be better. That's our low-budget one right now. Uh, At Eli Bauman, at Dan Vesperus, not at Eric Noble. That's somebody else. Uh, Give those of us that are on social media a follow, and for Eric, you can uh, make an appointment because he's a freaking doctor. Uh, this is a Hootball presentation at Hootball Lakers at Hootball Tweets. We'll be back with you uh, Sunday night. We'll be recording our next pod, talk about the game in Charlotte and, of course, the game upcoming against the New York Knicks. Lakers once again beat the 76ers 107 104. Have a wonderful couple of days. Back at you soon. Peace.